Good evening. Good evening. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 11. Now last week we looked at the sixth trumpet judgment. Tonight what we're going to be doing is, is looking at the seventh trumpet being sounded and then what the Bible says takes place during the time between the sounding of the seventh trumpet and the opening of the first vial or first vial judgment or bowl judgment. Now what the Bible talks about here is what we're going to see is John will see several different um, visions that take place. And one of the visions in particular that takes place in chapter 12, we have to understand the significance of what he is seeing here. And the fact that this one vision, the first part of that vision covers couple of thousand years. So we see just this uh, vision that, that takes place and then how, and we're going to see how it ties in with what is taking place during the tribulation. So again, look at Revelation chapter 11 verses 15 and we're going to be reading through 12, 17 written and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdom of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever and the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God saying we give thee thanks O Lord God Almighty which art and wast and art to come because thou hast taken to thee great power and hast reigned and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, prevailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven hands and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered and for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. 
And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and, king, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us tonight, Lord, as we... Study your word and just give us an insight and understanding into your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us, be with me, Lord, and give me the words to say that it would just touch and edify those that are here. And Lord, again, I just pray that if there is anyone that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior and needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what we see in these verses is looking at the seventh trumpet when the seventh angel or when the angel sounds the seventh trumpet John hears he says a lot of great voices in heaven and basically the voices are saying that the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of God and of Christ of God the Father and of Christ the Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now, if you think about something, the reason this is taking place now, because if you think about it, we've still got three and a half years of the tribulation left. But it is so close to the end of the tribulation that this announcement is made. They're just declaring that pretty much once this end comes, Christ is going to take over everything because Satan is about to be cast into the, into the bottomless pit. The Antichrist and the, the false prophet are about to be cast into the lake of fire. You're getting to the end pretty much of the tribulation. So basically what we see is is a pretty much the way is being cleared for the coming of Christ and for Israel to receive Christ as her Messiah. And when this announcement is made, what we see is, is that the four and twenty elders or the twenty-four elders that are sitting before God, they fall down on their faces and they start to worship. They start to worship God. And what we see is, is look at what the, the elders say. First, they give praise to God. 
But then look at what it says about the nations. You have praise going on in heaven because Christ is about to come reign on the earth. And it says that the nations are angry. They're angry because before Christ comes to reign, there's more wrath to come to clear this way. But also, they're angry because the time of judgment is at hand. There's a time of judgment coming upon the earth. And what you see is, is the nations are angry, but the followers of God are happy. Because Christ is coming and we also see that they're going to get reward. So we see that everything is falling into place for the end part of the tribulation. Remember, we're at the midpoint of the tribulation. The great tribulation is about to begin. So everything is wrapping up that's taking place. And then John says that he sees the temple of God open in heaven. And he sees, in the temple, he sees the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testament, and then there were lightnings and voices and thunderings, all these things taking place on earth. So it's clearing the way for the coming of Christ. But then all of a sudden, what you see is the vision that John is having changes. And it changes in a pretty spectacular way. Because he sees two things, well actually you could say three things taking place. One, he sees pretty much Satan and his angels being cast to the earth. He sees the rebellion that takes place in heaven where a third of the angels are cast out. He sees another war taking place in heaven and then he sees... Israel, a vision of Israel. And look at this vision that he, that he has. He says, And there appeared a great, great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. This is Israel, a representation of Israel that he sees. And... Look at what it says. He says, And she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. So he sees this woman is pregnant and about to give birth. And as soon as he sees this, his vision changes a little bit, and he sees something else appear, and he calls it another wonder in heaven. And what he sees is Satan. But he says, I see or I saw a great red dragon. Behold, a great red dragon. And then look at what he says, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Now, the seven heads and ten horns represent what's going on at the earth at that time. We can see that from the book of Daniel. And then we, we also see it, if you 
if you turn over and and look at what he says when he sees this beast in chapter 13 the beast coming out of the sea he says that that beast has seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns another representation of Satan but this is the antichrist that he sees so he sees this dragon and it says, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. That first rebellion that Satan had. Casting a third of the angels to the earth with him. But then look at what it says. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour, her, to devour her child as soon as it was born. But think about something. Christ had already been born and lived as a human and then ascended back up into heaven. So what is John seeing? Here. He's seeing a representation of that. How Israel, from Israel came forth the Messiah. He's seeing a representation of that. But what we also see is remember all the things that Christ faced when he was on earth, the storm at sea, the, the crowds wanting to kill him, all of these different things. That was Satan attacking him. That's what we see from this. Everything that Christ faced was Satan trying to destroy him while he was on the earth? And that makes you wonder, who incited the crowd to crucify Christ? It was Satan that incited the crowd. Why? Because Satan doesn't want people to get saved. He didn't want a savior coming to the earth. So he sat there, in a sense, trying to devour the child, the son of God, while he was here. And he couldn't do it. Because what happens after Christ is crucified? He comes back to life. Thus Satan's ultimate defeat happened. And then it says that he is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's the coming millennial reign of Christ. So that's a representation of about what's about to take place. But it also says that the child is caught up to God. It's Christ ascended back up into heaven and he's awaiting to come back. So he can rule and reign. So what you see in this vision is something that takes place over a period of hundreds of years, thousands of years. Israel, the Messiah, Satan rebelling in heaven, a third of the angels falling with him. All these things took place, if you think about it, all that took place. The, the fall of Satan and the fall of those angels with him took place before the Garden of Eden. 
So John's vision, pretty much, it explains everything, but he's seeing just this thousands of years of history just taking place right before his eyes in this vision. And then it says, the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Now I want you to look at that verse. Because what takes place in that verse is explained in the coming verses, but we're also given part of that explanation in chapter 13. And we're going to look at that. Now, what John sees after this, and I want to look at, at verses 7 through 12 here of chapter 12, and then we're going to go back to verse 6. John sees another vision after he sees the woman flee into the wilderness for three and a half years. And this other vision that he sees is a war take place in heaven, another war. Now, we had the initial rebellion of Satan sometime before Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Now we see another war taking place. This is a second war. And look at what he says. He says, There was a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not, Neither was their place found any more in heaven. This is how we know it's a second war. They're cast out of heaven, never to be allowed back in. And how do we know that's a second war? Turn to Job. You don't have to turn to Job tonight, but if you turn to Job, what does it say in Job? It says that when, when God calls the angels to come before him, Satan came. Satan was allowed in heaven before the throne of God. Satan is allowed in heaven right now to accuse us before God. He's the accuser of the brethren. This is how we know this is a second war. Because now Satan loses this war and he's cast out of heaven for good. And he's cast to the earth. He and his angels are cast to the earth. And they're confined to the earth until Satan is cast into the bottomless pit. And then what happens to his angels? They're going to be cast into hell. So look at what he says. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now 
is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. But then look at what he says after that. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Now, how do we overcome Satan's accusations? When he accuses us before God, how do we overcome those accusations? It's said right here. We overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. Pretty much what, you know, a, a good way of explaining it is that Satan is sitting there accusing us before God saying, look at what old such and such did. He just sinned. He's a sinner. Look at what he did. And God says, I don't see it. I see the blood of Jesus Christ covering. We overcome by the blood of Christ. And it says, and by the word of their testimony, the testimony being what Christ has done for us in our life. And then it says, and they love not their lives unto the death. We're willing to make any sacrifice including death, or at least one would hope so, that we would be willing to die for Christ. So our defense against Satan and his attacks is the blood of Jesus Christ, what Christ has done for us, and the fact that we should be willing to die for him. That's how we overcome Satan. Now, look at verse 12. Rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Rejoice because Satan, they're going to rejoice because Satan is cast out, no longer to return. He's banished to the earth. But look at what happens to the earth. We have a woe declared upon the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath. And I want you to under, underline this. Underline, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. That's important as to what is coming up. Now, Satan is fueled with great wrath because he knows he has three and a half years before he is cast into the bottomless pit. So he's fueled with great wrath. He's also fueled with great wrath because he no longer has access to heaven. He's confined to the earth. He knows his time is at an end. Now, What happens is, because of this, now remember, we're in the midpoint of the tribulation. Now, I want you to look over at chapter 13. Look at verses 1 through 5. 
And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. This is the Antichrist. But if you notice, the description is similar to the red dragon. That's because Antichrist is satanic. He gets his power from Satan. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet was as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him, this is where we see that, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. When Antichrist takes control over everything, it's because Satan is giving him all this power and authority. Now, look at verses 3 and 4 and 5. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue, this is where it's important, forty and two months. That's three and a half years. So what happens is, Antichrist is killed at the midpoint of the tribulation. He has this deadly wound. But look at what it says. The deadly wound is healed. He mimics the resurrection of Christ. Remember, he is the Antichrist. He's part of what we would call the Satanic Trinity. You have Satan, then the Antichrist, then the false prophet. It's a mimic of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what he does is he is killed or wounded so bad that people think he has died and Satan possesses him for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Because what we're going to see is Satan start to persecute Israel during that last three and a half years. And the way he does that is through the Antichrist, pretty much possessing the Antichrist, mimicking the resurrection of Christ. And what happens is, is because of this, people start to worship him as God, which is what Satan has always wanted, worship. So I wanted you to look at that because that is very important as to what we're about to see. If you turn back to verse 12, it says that Satan has been cast to the earth. A woe is given onto the earth or to the earth. And then in verses 13 through 17, we see the dragon start to persecute Israel. It says, and when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, 
He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. He persecutes Israel. Now, if you turn back to what Christ says, and we won't turn back there, but if you turn back to what Christ says about the abomination of desolation, this is where Israel flees when Christ says, when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he shouldn't be standing, flee. This is where Israel flees their homeland because Satan has, or Antichrist has gone into the temple of God and he declares himself to be God. And what we're seeing here is, is the other side of that, what John is seeing take place. And it says, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. Israel leaves the land quickly. They flee very fast as if they had wings of an eagle. Now, where does she flee? Look back at verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. Three and a half years. Forty-two months. And that's what it says. Into her place where she is nourished for a time and times a and half a time, three and a half years, a time and times and half a time. And look at who she is fleeing from, from the face of the serpent. But notice how it changes. The names of Satan here. We have the great red dragon pretty much a destructive beast. Then he's called that old serpent, the serpent from the Garden of Eden. Then he's called the devil or adversary. Then he's called Satan, another name for adversary. Of course, devil could also mean one who slanders. And then he's called again the dragon in verse 13 and then the serpent again. All the same person. But what we see is all the names used that has been used for him so, well, some of the names that have been used for him over the years. And what happens is, it says the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Now, we don't know if this is actually a flood. There's two, there's two thoughts on this. Some people think that it is actually a flood that Satan causes to try to drown Israel. And some people think it's an army. Satan using the armies that Antichrist has amassed 
to try to destroy Israel in that flood of troops. But if it's a water flood or a military flood of what's going on, look at what God does. It says, And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So God opens the earth and swallows the flood. Pretty much like he did with Korah. And what happens? It says, and the dragon was wroth. He was mad. And then it says, and he went to make war with the remnant of her seed. So basically, he goes to make war against the people who did not flee when they should have. which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So what we see in these verses is there's a lot of things taking place during this midpoint of the tribulation that John is seeing. And what we're going to see next time is, is we're going to look more at chapter 13 and what is taking place with Antichrist and then the false prophet is mentioned. And then we also see pretty much the mark of the beast being instituted as well on the earth. So remember what we're seeing here, what we're watching in chapter 12, you see, you know, just pretty much thousands of years taking place in, a, in several verses coming up to the midpoint of the tribulation, then we see what takes place at the midpoint of the tribulation. And all of this is taking place on the earth, but John is seeing it through the eyes of this vision that he's having. And this is all before the vile judgments start because they start in chapter 15 is when we start seeing the next phase of judgments take place on the earth. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And help us, Lord, just to take what we learned tonight and help us to apply it into our daily walk. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us. Just overshadow us through the love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we're going to take the hymns and turn to page 206.